those that will be listening around the world, uh, my pastors in India and Pakistan and Africa, and uh, this past, these people, everybody's following on Facebook and on YouTube, we bless them. And now, Father, this is a word that you've spoken, and we pray that they would have ears to hear and a heart to receive. Lord, let them receive the word in this time, in this season of sheltering in place, this season of shutting down the earth. Lord, you're speaking very clearly, very accurately. Uh, we bind the enemy that has blinded their minds and blinded their eyes, at least they see the, the glorious gospel. They stop their ears, and uh, we command their ears to be unstopped, that they can hear the word. Uh, we pray, Lord, for those that they will begin to see spiritually and hear spiritually, and uh, that the spirit of conviction will rest upon those that have turned away from God, and that they will return back to God. So, Father, we thank you for this word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome tonight to our Bible study night. I'm going to try to be nice tonight. I wasn't too nice Sunday, but we'll try to be nice tonight in Jesus' name and hear what the Lord has to say. Uh, as we are sitting in this place of, 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 of quarantine and shutting down and things are shutting down and uh, there's been a lot of speak, a lot of talk, a lot of negative talk. A lot of things have been said, you know, why didn't the prophets tell us why this was going to happen and why didn't the prophets tell us, uh, you know, so we can be prepared. Well, I'm here to tell you that the prophets did, and you didn't listen. And so I'm going to go back over a message that I gave four years ago in 2016. To be specific, I posted it on YouTube and on Facebook. But the Lord said, go back over it again, because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so uh, I'm going to talk about, there's a lot of people... I've got texts from people say, well, I'm a pastor, I'm going to make it back to the church, I'm going to come back, I'm, I've got off, got off course and got off the, well, so I'm going to teach tonight and preach tonight on how to return to Zion. You just can't come back any old willy-nilly. You've got to be able to come back uh, the, in full force and the way God wants you to come back. So how to return back to the church, how to return back to Zion. And then when I ministered this message in 2016, that was the year 5776, is the year of Ayan Vav. It means that you're meant to return, arise, and to rebuild. And so even in 2016, the Lord was speaking, I need to, people to return back to me. And I said that A-N, A-Y-I-N, is, is the number 70, which means the eyes of God or the, the providence of of God. So God is watching in the eyes of God, and, and in 2016, the eyes of God uh, begin to watch over. We begin to, the prophets and seers begin to see things, but they didn't understand what they were seeing, and uh, that's 5776. But now we're in the year of 5780, which is the year of pay or the mouth. It means to give voice to that which you have seen. So we're going to go back over what was seen and what was told. Uh, uh, and uh, you'll get some understanding. The word V-A-V, Vav, means to nail or secure or to hold in place like a hook. And God said in 2016, I was going to secure his people, his remnant, and put them in a secure place uh, uh, and fasten things, and, and, and he'll be able to hang his glory on those that are secure. And uh, we just deal with it. So I'm not going to deal with that year, but he said the prophetic word was my people will no longer be like square pegs in round holes. And that they will be known as the sons and daughters of God. And it means that, that year 216 means a new vision 
a new view of what God is doing. So we begin to declare, and that year was the beginning, it was the 70th year of the 50-year Jubilee. It was the year that uh, in Jubilee, if you go to Leviticus chapter, uh, five, chapter 25, I'm going to read this, uh, verse 8 to 12. He said, you shall count off seven Sabbath of years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath of years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded, and everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout the land, consecrate the 50th year, proclaim liberty throughout the land and all its inhabitants. It shall be jubilee for you, each one of you shall return to his family property, each one his own clan. Uh, the 50th year shall be jubilee for you. Do not sow, do not reap what grows of itself uh, or the harvest, the unattended vines. For it is jubilee and it is holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from you. But uh, uh, you have to go on. You can go on my YouTube and, and look up the uh, prophetic year uh, five seven. Um, Seven six year two thousand sixteen is a video I did a teaching I did on the on the jubilee that was seventy years from nineteen forty seven was two thousand sixteen that was the seventieth of fifty jubilee of, of the jubilees seventieth of the fifty jubilees so it was a, a tremendous time and it was a shift where Trump came into being uh, in America as president so there was a shifting that took place in the jubilee but in the jubilee everyone was to return to their property. And I prophesied that uh, uh, that which your grandmother and your great-grandmother and your great-great-grandmother, they gave offerings and they gave seed and they gave uh, dues into their church. And there's a spiritual inheritance that belongs to your bloodline where the enemy has come in and brought curses and brought sickness and disease. God said that stops and the blessing begins. All Everything that your generations had is going to be returned to this generation. So we're going to get all those spiritual blessings uh, uh, that belong to us. So Jubilee is a time of returning to the inheritance. Jesus has purchased an inheritance for us. So as we begin to prophesy this word and speak and teach this word, uh, the enemy got wind of it. And anytime there's a harvest or anytime there's something getting ready to happen, he begins to do his dirt. And we see that the harvest was supposed to happen in 2016-17. All of a sudden, the church wasn't ready and the enemy started hitting the church to steal the harvest. So the church uh, didn't return in 2016, as God was saying, return to me and I'll return to you. We'll get into this a little bit. So go to Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to read this, uh, 30 verse 1 to 3. Uh, um, this is what God had in the Old Testament. He said, uh, now, Deuteronomy 30, verse 1, he said, when all these things have come upon you, the blessings and curses which I set before you, you shall call them to mind among the nations where the Lord God has driven you. Verse 2 says, and you shall return and shall return to the Lord your God, and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your mind, heart, along with all your being. So there's a, there, you got to come back to God with all your mind, with all your heart, and with all your being. He said, now, these are the blessings and curses in Deuteronomy 28. He said, now, when you see this stuff come on you and the curses start coming on you, 
You need to get back in the mind. Moses was telling them, you better get in your, with your mind, with your heart, and with your being. Return back to the Lord. He said, verse 3 says, then the Lord will, have, will restore your fortunes. Then the Lord will restore your fortunes and have compassion upon you and will gather you again from all the nations that he scattered. So as we talk about that, God said, now if we repent and return, you return to me what belongs to me, uh, the glory of no do my name, I'll return to you what belongs to you, the blessings. He said, then it's if you return, if you return from your sin, if you return from your transgression, if you return from your iniquity, God said, then I will restore your fortunes. And we've been speaking for, I've been speaking for 30 years that the wealth of the, of the, of the wicked is stored up in, in, uh, for the just, and we haven't seen it yet. And we're still looking for that wealth transfer is because everybody needs to return back to the Lord. Uh, this is a corporate thing that God said everybody has to come back, not just two or three people or the remnant. He needs everyone to return, and I'll bless you. Verse 4 says in Deuteronomy 30, even if you're, dis you're dispersed in the uttermost parts of the heavens and from where the Lord your God shall gather you, from there he will bring you. And the Lord God will bring you into the land of your which your fathers possess. And I'm just taking this as a prophet a little spiritually. Then I'm going to bring you into your spiritual land that your forefathers gave up, that you're supposed to possess it. They were supposed, our, our, our generations before us were supposed to uh, receive the blessings. Jesus died 2,000 years ago that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. But a lot of us never got the blessings because we got sidetracked. Our, our ancestors, our grandfather, they got into witchcraft, they got into voodoo, they got into uh, all kind of crazy stuff. And the enemy sidetracked that inheritance that belongs in our bloodline. And so God said, if you will return to me, I'm going to give back everything that your fathers were supposed to possess, and you shall possess it. And he will do good and multiply you above your fathers. So the Lord your God and the Lord will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. Circumcision in this season, in this time, God gives the pastors, the prophets, the apostles to circumcise your spiritual heart with the word of God, to circumcise your mind and your heart and with all your being that you may live. So we're to circumcise you spiritually. Um, Moses circumcised physically, uh, uh, but God said, now Jesus will circumcise your heart with the word of God. He said, the Lord will put all these curses upon you Upon your enemies, look at that, Deuteronomy 30, verse 7, the Lord your God will put all these curses upon your enemies and those that hate you who persecute you. So it, it behooves us to return to the Lord. When I return to the Lord, I can grab this promise. I've returned to the Lord. I've repented of my sins. I've repented of my transgressions, of my bloodline, back 50 generations. Everybody I know, i repented of everything I know. So everything, the blessing belonged to me, and I'm grabbing it. It belongs to me, and I'm walking in it. He said, verse 8 says, you shall return and obey. We got a lot of people that returned to the church, but they didn't obey the pastor. And they didn't obey the teaching. Well, I heard that before. I don't need to go to Sunday school. Or I don't need to come to uh, Tuesday night Bible study. I don't need that. I, I'm already a minister. You are in pride, but you need to obey God and assemble yourself and do all his commandments this day, I command you. So that's just Deuteronomy. Uh, verse 9 says, and the Lord God will make you abundantly prosperous. 
abundantly prosperous. It has not hit the church yet. We got healing. We got deliverance. We got prophecy. We got the apostolic. We can speak the word. We got a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. But all, but the church is still broke. We're not prosperous. But we're getting in position to get prosperous. People are lining up right now in food pantries all over New York, New Jersey, Louisiana. Miles and miles of people looking for something to eat. That's why, for food. The church should be the one providing provision in a time like this. So God said, I'll bless the works of your hands. Uh, this is the fruit of, in the fruit of your body, of your cattle, of your land, of the good. So you can read Deuteronomy chapter 30. When you return to God, begin to grab these promises that God has said belongs to you. And so I'm not going to let the devil steal another nickel from me. Now, to return to the Lord as corporately, Everybody has to repent of their sins. Even, even though you're in a city, even though I'm in a city, I still, as the apostle of the city or in the city, have to repent of the sins of the city, of the people that sin in the city. Nehemiah 1, verse 6 to 9, Nehemiah was, uh, wanted to go back and rebuild the temple. Uh, he was a cupbearer for the king. And he went to there and he saw the rubble and he said this prayer. He said, let your ear be attentive and your eyes listen to the prayer of your servant, which I pray you today. And I pray before you day and night for the Israelites, your servants, confessing the sins of the Israelites, which have sinned against you. Yes, I and my father's house have sinned against you. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandment, the statutes, the ordinances that you commanded us to, uh, that, uh, from Moses. Remember earnestly uh, what you commanded your service, Moses. If you transgress, if we can tra transgress and are unfaithful, you will scatter us among the nations. Leviticus 26:33. He said, but if you return to me, and keep my commandments to do them, though, you're, though you are outcasts and were in the farthest parts of the heaven, the expand, even, he said, even to outer space. Yet I will gather them from there and I will bring them to a place which I have chosen and set my name. So we've seen the return of the Jews uh, from 1947 even to now. They're leaving Russia. They're leaving Poland. They're, they're coming back to Israel. Israel has become a fruitful land where there was desert. There's flowers. There's fruit. There's everything growing. God has fulfilled the promise uh, after 70 years that they return back to the blessing. And uh, when people quote that scripture, I said, Jeremiah, he said, I know the plans. Uh, God said, I know the plans for you. I know I want to prosper you. I know, but but there, if you read verse 12 and 13, there's a, there's a caveat to that. You have to repent. God said, I know the plans I have for you. He prophesied to them. He said, but you're going to spend 70 years in captivity. Read it and look at it. He said, you're going to go through the process of captivity and bondage for 70 years, but I know the plans I got for you, but just you got to go through anyway. Build your houses, build your vineyards, uh, raise your children in the land, speak peace for the land where I'm sending you, because you won't be there for 70 years. I don't care what anybody say, yeah, I know the plans I got for you, but this plan right here, you're going to go through. So I believe that we're in a time that God has planned for the church to go through this process of pruning, process of, of re-examining, process of returning back to the Lord. Let me just move on. Your financial wealth 
is in returning back to the Lord. Now, I'm speaking to a lot of backsliders right now and those that have not been serving the Lord. And you left the church. You got frustrated because uh, in the in the uh, early part of 2000, from 2000 to even to now, a lot of the so-called uh, pastors and bishops and, and, and uh, gospel celebrities, they got divorces, they divorced their wives, they left the church, they got caught in sin, and, and, and it turned a lot of people away from the church and from the house. Then they started dealing with these pastors or making $1,000 offerings or $100 offering lines, and, and I'll give you, a, uh, give me $100, I'll prophesy to you, and give me $1,000. The Lord said, everybody give $1,000, and I'm going to prophesy to you, and you're going to be blessed and all that. And we were fleeced, the sheep were fleeced, and, and people got sick of it and they left the church. But not all pastors were doing that. They're pastors according to God's heart. So Deuteronomy 30, we read that, then the Lord will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you. So your wealth, financial wealth is in returning to the Lord. The Bible says the way of a transgressor's heart. Is that right? That is the word, right? And so you saints out there, it's like, oh, God, is so hard. When you're transgressing, it's going to be hard on you. I've had people say, come on the altar, say, Pastor, pray for me, pray for me, that the Lord would bless me. And the Lord said, no, I ain't blessing them. I ain't blessing them because they're transgressing against me. They want to shack up, but they want you to pray for them. It ain't going to work. I'm glad I'm a prophet. I can hear this stuff and, and just whack them real good. Amen. Hindrance. Another one to returning to the Lord. There's hindrances in returning to the Lord. Idolatry and religion will stop you from turning to the Lord. Here's an example. In 1 Kings chapter 12, God told uh, uh, Israel that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to split the kingdoms. He gave two, kingdoms, two, two tribes to, uh, to Jeroboam and ten tribes to Rehoboam, and, and, and he made Jeroboam king. In 1 Kings 12, 25, the Bible says that Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there, and he went out from there and built Penuel. Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom will return to me. Now the kingdom will return to the house of David. Now he was, he was the son of, of Solomon and he said, now the king will return to the house of David. He said, if this people go up to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem where Jeroboam, Rehoboam is, to sacrifice, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord, to Rehoboam, the king of Judah. And they'll kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Now God has said he, I'm a, the throne of David would never perish. It would always be. All he had to do was follow God. So he decides if the people go up to, to Rehoboam that has the ten tribes, they're bigger than us, then they're going to kill me. And so the king took counsel, wrong counsel, Wrong deacons on the board, wrong bishop sitting behind him on the pulpit. And, and, and he took counsel and said he made two golden calves. Amen. And he said to the people, it is too much for you to go all the way to Jerusalem. Behold your gods. I got a prayer cloth that's going to help you. I got some oil. If you buy this, it's going to help you. I got some sand from Israel. Come get it. Amen. But, uh, out there in the foyer, there's some CDs in my book that I just wrote. All you got to do, follow that and you'll be okay. Amen. So he set up a, a, two golden calves 
of gold, and he said to the people, it is too much for you to go all the way. Don't go all the way to Chicago. Don't go all the way to Aurora. You don't have to go all the way all the way to Mississippi to hear a word. You ain't got to go all the way to California to hear the word. Behold your gods. Israel bought you up. And in our time, I say, behold your gods. You see them on Facebook, they be, they be dancing. Just get to dance. Oh, they just dance. They ain't dancing now. Amen? They just dance, dance, dance. Oh, put the music up. Get my flesh going. I can just dance, 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 dance. Oh, the Holy Ghost was show here today. You didn't hear one word God had to say. Amen. I'm teaching Bible study, but I told you I'd try to be nice. Amen. <laughs> and he set the golden calf of Bethel and it put another in there. So religion is always going to fight you. I, I did a several posts this week. You can post them about the Sanhedrin. Anytime there's a shift or an apostolic shift, in the world or in the church, it always affects the finances of the church. Jesus was, they came on, 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 on the day of Palm Sunday, he came into town, they were saying, Hosanna, 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 blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were throwing down palms and the children were singing and shouting and the religious came out of their service and said, make them children shut up, we trying to have church up in here. <laughs> now the king of kings is riding by and they told him, shut up, because we have not church. And so God said, I'm shutting down the church. because Now look at this. Second Chronicles 30, 7 verse 1. It's because of rebellion in our heart. Rebellion in our heart. I've been through, uh, since the, uh, I started the church in 1989 and in, 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 in the 90s, I uh, did a lot of deliverance and healed a lot of people. But then in 2000, they came out now with the earrings and, and I had men in the pulpit. They wanted to bring in and challenge me with their earrings. And Pastor, I ain't listening to you. I'm wearing my earrings. I said, no problem, no problem. But you ain't going to wear them up in here. And you ain't going to be one of my ministers. But you can wear your earrings. I'm not sending you to hell. Earrings ain't going to send you to hell. But they show open up the door for lust, perversion, and every other rebellious spirit that you want to get. But you can wear them if you want to wear them. I, I ain't, but it ain't wearing up in my house. Amen. Do, 2 Chronicles 30, verse 7. Do not be, do not like your fathers, the brethren, who were unfaithful to the Lord, the God of their forefathers, the God of their fathers, so that he gave them up to desolation to be an astonishment. As you see right now, everybody's astonished. What? We can't go to church? What? We got a shelter in? What? I got to raise my own kids? What? I got to teach them? <laughs> what? <laughs> Verse 8. Now, be not stiff-necked. See, your neck is stiff. When God tried to correct you and say, return to my house in 2016, you didn't want to hear it. He said, don't be stiff-necked as your fathers, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary. Oh, I can have church at home. We can do our own thing. I can do church. I can watch Bishop Jakes on TV. Uh-uh. God said, well, I put my name. That's where you're supposed to be. Which he has sanctified for how long? Forever. And serve the Lord God that his fierce anger not turn away from you. We, we obey, but we obey when we want to obey. I got a teenage, a teenage grandson at home, and he gets told to do something, and he thinks it's in his time frame. And here, a half hour later, he's still on the PlayStation trying to do his thing, when he should have been taking care of his dog or whatever he's supposed to do, his chore, and, and he didn't do it. So that stiff neck and the rebellion didn't get mad when you correct him. And that's how the church has been. 
You know you're supposed to do something. You know you're supposed to show up to church. You know you're supposed to be faithful in the house of God, but you haven't been faithful. I'm just going to tell the truth because I've been pastoring for 30 years, and I can tell you right now, in every church, the saints will pick and choose which Sunday they come. Most of them don't come every Sunday. 80% don't come. They'll, they'll come, every, they'll come uh, every other Sunday. If they get paid every other Sunday, they'll come when they get paid every other Sunday. The first Sunday ain't coming. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Verse 9 says, for if you return, if you return to the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion. Your brethren and your children. So now you're wondering why your children, your sons are in jail, your daughters are prostitutes, and, and, and they own drugs, and they smoke marijuana, because you didn't want to return to the Lord. God said, when you return, I'll take care of your family. So your family going crazy because you didn't want to return to the Lord. I ain't getting no shouts tonight, but that's okay. Your brethren and your children shall find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and he will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. Your son in jail, and you don't want to serve God, and you don't want to come to, if you just come to church, God said, I'll get him out of, he's in captivity, I'll bring him out. But why would I want to bring him out to a house that's cussing, fussing, and drinking, and smoking, and doing dope? Leave him in jail, he, at least he's alive. He'll get killed out here with y'all. Another reason why you need to return that stops people from returning to God is pride. King Hezekiah became sick. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, you can write these scriptures down in 2 Chronicles 32, verse 24 to 28. Read about it. It said in verse 24 of 2 Chronicles 32, in those days, Hezekiah was sick to the point of death. And he prayed to the Lord and he answered him and gave him a sign. Now, God sent the prophet Isaiah to, his house, to him, get your house in order, you're going to die. Mm. Left, and before he can get out of the courtyard, God spoke to Isaiah, go back and talk to him. Tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years. And he prophesied, he said, I'm going to give you 15 more years, but your son's going to be eunuchs in the house in, in, in Babylon. He said, okay, no problem, as long as you give me 15 years. Ooh. He didn't care about his kids. He was just thinking about himself. Now, look what happened. Verse 25, Hezekiah did not make a return. He did not return to the Lord according to the benefit done him. He became proud. For his heart became proud at such a spectacular response to his prayer. Therefore, he was, his, was wrath upon him and upon Judah and upon Jerusalem. He did not respond to the, 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 the degree that God had healed him, that God had blessed him. He responded in the wrong way. And we all do. We all say, oh, oh God bless me. We go out and do something stupid. Let me give you a quick testimony. Just in my, this is a Bible study. I, wouldn't even, I wasn't saved. I was a heathen. And I was suffering from, what I guess the doctor called it phlebitis, inflammation of the joints, because I smoked cigarettes so bad. I mean, I, I had, my ribs would hurt and my bones would hurt and stuff like that. And uh, 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 I said a simple prayer or something. I was Baptist, you know, you Baptist, you say a prayer, <laughs> you know the man upstairs. And God healed me. I, the, I felt a liquid come on top of me, and, and the pain was gone. 
And I said, oh, glory, glory. You know what I did? Wouldn't pour me a drink and say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I wouldn't pour me a drink because I was a heathen. I didn't know no better. I just wouldn't got me, wouldn't got high. But God was working on me to bring me into the kingdom. Verse 26, but Hezekiah humbled himself for his pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of God came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Hezekiah had a great wealth. Then he got lifted up. Once God healed him and delivered him, he humbled himself. Then he went out and bragged out all the blessings that he had. <clears throat> Showed him everything that he had in his kingdom, and then he wound up being cursed. Intercession is needed as you... Try to return to Lord. As I said back in Nehemiah, Nehemiah 1 and 10, it says now, Nehemiah told the Lord, said, now these are your servants, your people, whom you redeem, your great power, and by your hand. I ain't had nothing to do with it. Oh, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and the prayer of your servants who delight and revere and fear your name, your nature, your attributes, and prosper, I pray you. And the servant this day grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was his cupbearer to the king. So he just, he just kissed on Jesus and just loved on the Lord. You're a great Lord. You're awesome, God. You did all this thing by yourself. You're wonderful. Your name is great. Your attribute, you're just so wonderful. God said, get that boy. Bless that man. Let him go build back to, to the kingdom because he's he interceding for everybody. He's praying for everybody. It has to be personal, returning to the Lord. You can't get saved because your mama wants you to save or your daddy wants you to save or, or your pastor wants you to save. Jeremiah told the children of Israel in Jeremiah 3, verse 14. He said, return, return, O faithless children of the whole 12 tribes, says the Lord. I am the Lord and master and husband to you. And I will take you not as a nation. Listen to this. I will take you not as a nation, but individually. One from a city and two from a tribal family, and I will bring you to Zion, the place where my presence is, the place where I reside. You can reference Luke 15, 20 to 22 and read about that. And it shall be that when you have multiplied and increased in the land in those days, said the Lord, they shall no more say the ark of the covenant of the Lord, nor shall they miss it or visit it, nor shall it be repaired again for instead of an ark which represented his presence, he will show himself to be present throughout the city. God said they're not going to remember it, they're not going to miss it, and they're not going to visit it. I guarantee you, you can go in a lot of churches right now and you see an ark sitting right back there on the pulpit. And ain't no anointing up in the house. <laughs> There's no anointing in there because you didn't return to the Lord the way you were supposed to return. That pride. Well, we can, we can manufacture uh, of the glory if we just play the right tune and get your flesh jumping up good enough. Everybody be shouting. But it ain't the presence of God. So he said, forget about it. God said, I'm going to deal with individuals now. I'm going to deal with your heart. I'm going to circumcise individual heart. Come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon me. I'm meek and lowly in spirit. You'll find rest for your soul. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart. See, a shepherd's got to have the heart of God. If you don't have a shepherd, don't have the heart of God, you got the wrong shepherd. He said, I will give you a spiritual shepherds after my heart in the final time. We're coming into the final time now. God's going to raise up shepherds according to his heart. You have now 
witnessed, experienced shepherds that didn't have his heart. Shepherds that abused the sheep. Shepherds that slept with the sheep. Shepherds that were eating at the sheep's house. Shepherds that were fleecing the sheep. Shepherds that were driving Mercedes and driving jet planes and, and getting all kind of money from the sheep. That was not God's heart. It was shepherds. We made them. The church made spiritual idols. We made idols and, and celebrities and, and gospel celebrities out of men. Men want to put you on a pedestal. They got to see something or someone that they can equate to as God, but they don't trust God with all their heart, all their mind, all their spirit, and not look at a man. Who will feed you with knowledge, understanding, and judgment. Judgment is a good thing. Judgment is a good thing. Especially if you have not sinned against God, you haven't done anything wrong, judgment can come all day long because I ain't did nothing wrong. Judgment is good. Judgment don't mean it's going to kill you, but the judgment means you need to reflect on what God is saying and say, Lord, I'm not right and I need to get it right. Judge me now or I'm going to stand at the white throne judgment and it'll be too late. So judgment is good. Shepherds after your own heart. So I got a picture up there of a, of, of a wolf looking like a sheep hiding under him. Sheep with a wolf in it. But he said, I'm going to give you shepherds after my heart. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And they're going to come back and they're going to remember me. They're going to uh, uh, read Jeremiah 3.16. Boy, this is some, some meat in here, some good stuff in here. And it shall be that when you have multiplied increasing the land those days, said the Lord, you shall no more say the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind. It's not even supposed to be in your mind. You're so busy about worshiping God. You're so busy about getting revelation from God. You're so busy getting dreams from God. You ain't even thinking about no ark of covenant. You are the ark of the covenant. He's residing in you. He's residing in you. you. The presence of the Lord was in the ark. But now God said, I'm going to live in, in vessels not made with hands. I'm going to live inside of you. I'll be Lord inside of you. The Holy Spirit will reside in you. So you have to return from your stubbornness. He said, when my spirit is in you, you will not walk in rebellion. You will not walk in stubbornness. You're not going to walk in your own evil heart. When you really get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you don't want to sin. You want to be close to the one that you love. So you have to repent. Turn around from what you're doing and come back to the Lord. And then God told him in Jeremiah 21, he said, now set up for yourselves highway markers back to Canaan. Make yourself guideposts. Turn your thoughts and your attention to the way by which you went into exile. Now that you're shut in, now that you've sheltered in, now that you've been in for two weeks now, you need to go back. Where did I miss God? I need to reflect on what I did wrong. How did I get in this situation where I got to believe the government for a check so I can eat? How did I get in this situation where if, if, if I don't even know if my job's going to be there when, I get, when they lift this thing? He said, retrace your steps. Where did you go left when God said go right? Go back. See, a lot of you want to come on the altar and not go back to the place where you messed up and repent of it. You don't want to deal with that issue that you messed up at. You just say, well, I'll put a Band-Aid on it and I'll keep on going. It don't work that way. God wants you to go back, deal with those issues, deal with that divorce, deal with that separation, deal with that infidelity, deal whatever you had, whatever you did back there to make you get off track. And come retrace your steps and make it right and said, return to the, return to the house of the Lord.
He said, how long will you waver? How long will you hesitate to return? What I got to do? Let you just die of coronavirus? Do I have to send more viruses down? Do I have to send some kind of earthquake or tornado or something to make you change your mind to come back to me? Oh, you black-siding daughter. Oh, for the Lord has created a new thing in the land. A female shall compass, woo, win, and protect a man. Boy, if you haven't seen it right now, on them Section 8, and they got the link card, they got the uh, Section 8 card, and they got these girls taking care of these men, I don't know what we're looking at. I don't know what y'all seeing. A female said, woo and win and protect. Women getting down on their knees and, and with engagement rings. Something's gone, something went completely messed up. We left God back in the 60s when they said free sex and uh, Woodstock and started smoking dope and acid and heroin, and everybody left God. And so you got to go back. And instead of going back, America <laughs> got even worse. And now you can do it freely. You can smoke dope for real. Oh, we, are, we, we need to repent and turn around. How many minutes I got, Kirk? I, I, the clock is not going. Zechariah 1, verse 61. This is another prophet. See, God sends prophets. And I'm telling you, he's been sending prophets, and people don't want to hear what a prophet has to say. Eight. All right. Let me, uh, I'll finish it up next week. Zechariah 1, verse 1 through 6. Listen to this. In the eighth month, second year of the reign of Darius, came the word of the Lord to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, The Lord was angry with your fathers. Therefore, saying to them, the Jews of this day, thus said the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. It is the utterance of the Lord of hosts. What do you mean return to you, Lord? Return my tithes and offerings. Return my honor. If I be your father, where's my honor? Return back to the family. Return back to being the head of the family. He said, if you return to me, I'm going to return to you. Return to us what? The blessings. The spiritual blessings, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. You're going to work them. You're going to do it. I'm going to pour my spirit on your sons and your daughters. They're going to prophesy, all this stuff. He said, if you would just return to me. He said, don't be like your fathers, verse 4. To whom the former prophets cried, thus said the Lord of hosts, return from your evil ways and your evil doings. Go just go on Facebook and look on the TV, all these people fighting in, in Walmart over, over a piece of a loaf of bread or, or, or some toilet tissue or whatever. I mean, evil hearts. People are evil. They lined up to the gun shop. Just says, oh, it's getting bad now. I better get me a gun because I'm going to kill somebody. There's no love. Return from your evil ways and your evil doings, but they would not hear or listen to me, says the Lord. God put a prophet and ain't even anointed to be a prophet over this nation, and he's telling everybody, y'all need to pray, and y'all need to come in, and they hate him for saying it. He never had a president like this other than Truman. Truman gave everybody a Bible. If Trump would have gave out everybody a Bible, you're talking about riots in the street happening right now. We didn't folks be out there rioting right now. <laughs> I hate God. We don't want God. Then you, got a, then you got a governor of New York saying yesterday that God didn't have nothing to do with this coronavirus. We healed those people ourselves. We did it ourselves. God going to deal with you, Mr. Agrippa died of worms. But that's okay. Your up and comings is coming. He said, return to me. He said, your fathers, where, they at? where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Nope. 
But my words, my statutes, which I command my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake and take hold of your fathers? Yeah, they did, because Stephen was just a deacon in the church. He went out there doing miracle signs and wonders, and he started preaching to them, and they got so mad that they closed their ears and they gnashed, they began to bite on him when he, they were pricked in their heart because of the word of God. When God sends a prophet, it messes people's hearts up. So they repented and said, as the Lord of hosts planned and purposed to do to us according to our ways, according to our doings, so he has dealt with us. God said, uh, the, the scripture says, my sins, the cords of my sins have bound me. The, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, it is good that I've been afflicted, that I might remember your precepts and statutes and, 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 and your laws. It's good to be, sometimes God got to whoop everybody. Amen. And so let us, I wrap this up. You're here, stuck at home. You're here, God saying, as he said, I, and I preached this message four years ago. So this is nothing new. I preached this four years ago. Jeremiah 18, therefore say unto the men of Judah and to the heaven of Jerusalem, thus said the Lord, behold, I'm shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Return now, each one from his evil ways. Reform your accustomed ways. It can't be church as usual. You can't come in and play three fast, three slow, take up the offering and away we go. You got to be able to flow prophetically and hear what God is saying in your service. And you got to give free course to the Holy Ghost in the service. Reform your religious ways, your individual actions, and, be, and, and do it right. Amen. I've seen some wicked, evil people in the church uh, that, that, that just blows your mind and some of the stuff that they say and how carnal they can be in the house of God. So I'm, I implore you, reflect where you got off. Reset. Get out on the floor. Get out on your face. Repent. Say, Lord, everything. Church, search my heart. Try my ring, see if there be any sin in me. Lord, bring it to my mind that I've offended anybody. I did this or that. Lord, I know I offended somebody when I got up. So, Lord, forgive me. And you said you are faithful and just to forgive me and wash me from all iniquity. Hallelujah. So I repent every day. A believer needs to repent every day because you don't know somebody. You, you might have looked at, I used to have people coming to church. I'm focused on the word of God. I'm ready to get up in the pulpit and preach. And then I get this thing after the end of the service. He didn't even speak to me. I ain't speak to you because I'm focused on bringing the word of God to you. And I may not even speak to you because I've, I've learned as a pastor, folks will come to you right before service and they want to give you something stupid. Oh, pastor, we ain't got no toilet paper in the bathroom. Or just crazy stuff they would come to me and I say, let me give you the word first. Let me give you the word because the word I'm going to preach today will probably directly answer your question or your problem that you're having at home. So reflect, return and reset. Time's running out. You only got a couple more weeks to get this thing together. If God lifts it out, it's going to be on. The remnant's going to be ready. The fire of God's going to be ready. Those that have returned to the Lord and repented of the Lord, he puts your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. He don't see them any longer, anymore. Go back to where you got off and get it right. If you're offended or you left your church, you weren't supposed to leave your church, go back and repent to that pastor. Ask to forgive you and get on and come on out. If you was in another church and you made a vow, you're going to give the X amount to the building program, this and that, and then you decided you want to run because you didn't want to give that money, you need to go back, plant a seed, and make it right. David had to make a sacrifice when a plague hit Israel. 
He had to go to the threshing floor and he had to sacrifice. And the man said, I'm going to give you the threshing floor. David said, no, I cannot take something that don't cost me nothing. You've got to do a sacrifice even in this time of this coronavirus because God has kept you through this virus. God is keeping his people in the midst of this virus. Those that have been calling his name. I prophesied it three or four years ago, five years, ten years Get sealed in your forehead. Have you been sealed in your forehead? Have you been going to corporate prayer, calling out day and night? God will seal you in the forehead because he knew the coronavirus was coming. He had the device and the plan. So bless you. I thank the Lord for the opportunity to teach you tonight. I'm going to finish this. I, it, I've got probably two more messages in this one message. I'll finish it up next Tuesday. We'll talk about returning to the Lord because you're still in a place where they haven't lifted you out of there. You're going to have to return to the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those that are watching the broadcast today that have been rebellious, stubborn, and stiff-necked. We bind those spirits in them in the name of Jesus. I lose a, a soft and pliable heart, a humble spirit, a meek spirit. We release upon them in the name of Jesus. Father, let repentance be in their mouth. Let them turn from transgression and iniquity. Let them turn from their selfish ways. Let them turn from strife, contention, and arguing. Let them get back to the place where they belong in you. You said the backslider is full of his own ways. But, Lord, we pray for the backslider tonight that they will recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Sorry I went so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just one-third of the message. I got a whole bunch of it, so I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll take off next week. But God is telling people return. That's the word of the Lord. And people don't realize it. Return. They got to come back before it's too late. And don't worry about the ones that have died. Can't let them get into heaven or have died without Jesus' permission. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning on this April 19, 2020, uh, this time to bring forth the word of God. We pray for your, your anointing. We pray for your grace <clears throat> to be upon this word that people have ears to hear. And uh, we lift up all the pastors around the world. We lift up the Texas, Lord, the pastors in Sri Lanka, we, we, we're praying for you in Pakistan and India and Uganda and Nigeria and all over the world. We're praying for the pastors that are suffering at this time with a lack in food. So, Father, we pray that this word uh, be a word for in this season, in this time for the body of Christ, not just for um, <clears throat> the local church, but this is a word for everyone around the world. So I pray I welcome you this morning to our broadcast, our podcast. You can uh, Go on your local podcast, uh, uh, look up New Heart International, and uh, get our podcast. Or you can go on YouTube with, at Albert Buford, or Apostle Albert Buford on YouTube. And all our videos are, and are uploaded on YouTube. So this morning's video will be uploaded this afternoon. Uh, and uh, I pray that you would be blessed uh, by the word of God this morning. Uh, it's a strong word. It's a strong word for the body of Christ. It's a strong word for the nations and for the earth. So I, 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 uh, I pray that you would... Uh, have ears to hear and a heart to receive the word that's able to save your soul. Uh, I call this message preparing for God's end of grace judgments. And the reason why I say the end of grace is because a lot of times uh, you see a lot of people saying, well, this is the end times, this is the end times, but it's not the end times, this is the end of the dispensation of grace. There are seven dispensations and grace is the sixth dispensation of time, uses a thousand years uh, uh, and uh, it's a period of time where God deals with man on a particular matter for a particular time. And we're coming to the end of grace, the end of the judgment. And then the next 
kingdom will be the kingdom age where Jesus will come upon the earth and rule and reign for a thousand years. So uh, there's a time we're in the middle of a pandemic and uh, God is speaking some things and I've seen some things. So I want to share this this morning because you get, have to prepare for what's getting ready to happen next. And what's getting ready to happen next is, is going to be worse than what we see now. And uh, I have to get you prepared for what's getting ready to happen. Uh, I've seen it and I sort of confirmed with the other prophets that there's another virus coming. Uh, I believe by the end of the year or beginning of January, it will be worse, 10 times worse than the coronavirus. It's going to mutate and it's going to be worse than any, anything we've ever seen before. Uh, it's going to attack the blood system. And uh, so uh, we need to pray and believe God and, and ask him for his mercy. But I want to just deal with, uh, the, we said this is a prophetic year 2020 and that's a Two times 10 is 20, but there's a double, double 10. 10 is the number of government. It's the number of law and order and government. 10 is a number for trials and testing. So uh, as I prophesied earlier this year, before the beginning of the year, that this year will be like a roller coaster. It's going to be, it's just going to be, and it, and it is slammed, hit us at the beginning of the year, and you say, oh, we, we, this is going to be great, and, and now we're seeing it's just the opposite. When there's a, when there's a time of, of order and God is a time of testing with God, he comes to test you either for good or for bad. You either pass the test or you don't pass the test. And it's the order of the Lord. In, the, in the Exodus, we know that uh, God told Abraham to come up, uh, uh, Moses to come up to the mountain. And while God was trying to bring order and structure to the camp of Israel... While Moses up there getting the order and the structure, they were down in the valley. Joshua was up there with him, and, and Joshua said, hey, I hear the sound of war down there. And, and, and Moses said, no, that's not war. They partied. They then broke out and partied. They couldn't wait 40 days. And I posted yesterday on Facebook, if they couldn't obey Moses for 40 days and got antsy, how do you think the people are going to stay in their house, which is coronavirus? It's been eight, day 18, and now they're out there picking in. Now they're out there <laughs> and say, this is just too much. If they couldn't obey God back then, what do you think they're going to obey the laws of man now? So we're seeing uh, uh, the testing taking place, and people still can't uh, follow the law. They still can't follow order. They still can't follow the rules. Uh, so... In Exodus 32, 35, the Bible says because they had broke out and, 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 and made a golden calf uh, while Moses was up there getting the law, he said that God sent a plague upon the people because they made a calf which Aaron fashioned for them. So God sent a plague for idolatry. God sent a plague for rebellion. And America has been in idolatry. America is in, has been in, is in rebellion. Uh, uh, God's got to deal with this 60, uh, still 65 million babies. The blood of those babies are crying out from the earth. We're seeing the earth now. It is vomiting out the inhabitants. The scripture said that the earth would vomit out the inhabitants because of sin and transgression and iniquity in the earth. Judgment comes for when it, it comes when there's a rebellion and idolatry, when there's a trial and testing. And uh, 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 Prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7 through 9, I'll read this. It said, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my associate, says the Lord of hosts. We've seen a lot of shepherds leave the pulpit and have died from this virus. Shepherds, he said, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep and the flock shall be scattered. 
And so the God is smitten the, the church, so to speak, and the sheep are scattered and no one's going to church. And God said, I will turn back my hand and stretch it out again upon the little ones of the flock. God said, I'm going to come for my sheep. And, and in that, all the land, says the Lord, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish. One-third shall be left alive. And I will bring the third part through the fire. So when there's a testing and trial, there's a fire testing, and I will refine them as a silver and as refined, and will test them as gold is tested. And they shall call my name, and I will hear and answer them, and I will say, it is my people, and they will, be, and I, they will say, the Lord is my God. So when God comes to test and God comes with trials, he said, I'll refine you as silver and as gold. And if you ever watch a refiner, he does not uh, uh, treat that silver and he does not treat that gold very kindly. He beats it. He, he, he heats it. He takes the dross off. He reheats it. He takes more dross off and he refines that gold. And it's a very violent process and a very hot process. And God is, is refining the remnant in the body of Christ even in this time. So there's, people are dying. Uh, are, 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 are dying uh, without Christ and they need to turn around and repent. Uh, one of the things I just want to say, the time of judgment, um, back in 2011, uh, right after, right after 9-11, uh, I was sitting in my chair at home and I was watching uh, the news on CNN. And uh, as I was watching the news on CNN, I heard it was almost like someone was speaking in my ear. I mean, it was coming up out of my spirit just as loud as it can be. It said, hurt not the oil, hurt not the wine, and hurt not the corn. And I knew that was in Revelation somewhere. And I, and I began to look in Revelation. I looked in Revelation 6, verse uh, of 6. Um, let's see. I think it was Revelation 6, uh, verse Verse, uh, verse, four, verse 6 says, I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat, a pit for a penny, a measure of, of measures of barley for a penny. See thou hurt not the oil and the wine. That was the fourth seal, I believe, in 2011 being opened. Now, we know there are seven seals and we know there are seven trumpets, but I believe we've gone past uh, the seal, the, some of the breakings of the seal, and, and the sounding of the trumpet, and we're going to look at this because uh, things are happening pretty quickly. And, and the oil and the wine are talking about the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Spirit, the wine of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Hurt not the corn. Corn, uh, when, you, when, you, when you process it, you can make bread out of it, or, or cornmeal, or, or make a meat. It's the bread of life. He said, hurt not the word, hurt not the corn, hurt not the wine. I heard it very clear and very loud in my spirit. It's like God was speaking. Right after 9-11, this took place. So I knew that one of the seals were being broken. Rebellion, uh, uh, when God begins to deal with rebellion, rebel means to rebel against an established government of one's company, country. And they were out yesterday in their cars honking the horns, free us, we don't want to be quarantined any longer. It means to resist any authority or control. To rebel against, it's like rebelling against one's parents. Rebel means to feel a strong aversion to something. To be repelled. Or is, there's a saying, his mind rebels at the very thought of doing something. 
The Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and idolatry is as iniquity. And the only way to break rebellion is through humility. Humility breaks rebellion. And so God is coming to break the rebellion in the earth. All the earth is shut down. All the earth is in a timeout. All the earth is, is so much sin, so much corruption, so much perversion that it just become a stench in the nostrils of God. And he's doing something about it. So it said in 2020, or the number of testing, it means a number of government, a number of order. It means to set in order. Structure. As we're coming to the end of grace, we're coming into the kingdom uh, dispensation, and the kingdom government is, a, is, is, is of order and of structure. And if, the, if you can't believe the little laws here on earth, I don't know how, we gonna, how you're going to handle heaven. Because God don't play in heaven. <laughs> you, got to, you got the total line. Amen? And so God said, just to see the, 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 the 10, the testing number, uh, the 10 is, uh, we said 2020 is the number of the mouth, of pay, of speaking. In Genesis 1, God spoke 10 times. 10 times. God said, let there be light, let the waters divide, let there be dry land, let the seas and herbs come forth, let the stars the night and day, let man be made in our image. Then he said, let, there be, let them fruitful be fruitful and multiply. Then he said, subdue the earth. And then he said, all the fruits of the tree and all the seeds are for your meat. And so God spoke 10 times order and structure into that which he created. And so God knows where he's taking you. He knows where he's taking me. In Proverbs 37, 21, it says, The steps of a good man or a good woman are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way. When God delights in your way, he orders your steps. And he, busy him, and he busies himself with his every step. In other words, when your steps are ordered, you're so focused on walking with the Lord, you're not worried about somebody else. You stay in your lane and you do what God called you to do because he's putting you in order and structure. So you have to walk where God wants you to walk and not rebel what he's, he's trying to direct in your life. So God is putting order in things. All our systems have been shut down. All our standard operating procedures have been thrown up in the air. All our structures around the earth have been uh, are being addressed. The economic structures, the financial structures, the education structures, the health care structures, everything, the, the uh, um, Hollywood and the entertainment structures, uh, everything's being addressed and being changed and shifted. The, 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 the idea of the one world government, one world ruler, they want you to have a cell phone. They want you to be able to stay at home. They don't want you to go. If you listen on the news, they, oh, we want to give people $2,000 every month for the next year. They don't want you working. They want you to be sheep. They don't want you to think for yourself. We're going to give you cell phones. You can look at the cell phone. We don't want you to have education. We're going to put all artificial intelligence in your cell phone. All you got to do is ask series what is the question, and she will give you the answer. You don't need an education. You just be sheep that we want you to be so we can control you because eventually the demons want to take over those that are wicked and those are, that are eating. And a lot of people don't want to address this, but all these children have been kidnapped and lost. A lot of them have been stealing for body parts. They've been eating people's flesh. There's a whole group that wants to eat babies and eat people's flesh. And so 
There's an order and structure, but God is putting his order and structure, and he's causing you to address. He's showing man that your, your monetary system don't work too well. He's showing man that your health care system stinks. He's showing man people can't get uh, uh, respirators, a uh, uh, certain race. If you're, if you're a minority, uh, they, the doctors pick and choose who can get a respirator and who can't get one. And, and they're killing off different nationalities and different races. So God is changing the structure. We said that 2020 will be the beginning of God shifting and changing even the church structure, even the world structure. Psalms 50 verse 16 says, but to the wicked, God says, to the wicked, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant and pledge on your lips? Seeing you hate instruction and correction and cast my words behind you and discarding them. We got mayors over on the East Coast and, and governors on the West Coast and East Coast and some in the middle that, are, that, that, that believe in killing babies. They, 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 in New York, they say, we don't want you pro-lifers in our, in our state. We want to be able to kill children. Do you know even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of what has been shut down, they have been aborting babies even in the midst of because it's necessary services. We're in a wicked generation. And God said, how can you quote, try to quote my word and you don't even you, you put my covenant in your lips and you don't even serve me? You hate correction and you hate direction. You say, when you see a thief, you associate with it. Give me some of what you stole. And you have taken part with the adulterers. You give your mouth to evil and tongue, your, and, and tongue frames the deceit. I've listened to even the mayor of, of the state of Illinois, the governor said it all. He was on news TV the other day and said, we're going to show the people, we're going to show how great our scientists are and how great our technicians are and how great they are and that we're coming out of this thing. He didn't say anything about God. He said, we're going to show how great we are. We're going to show how our science and our technologies are able to overcome anything. So God is dealing with the, the, the sin of the nation. Psalms 50, verse 22, 20 to 22. He said, you sit and speak against your brother and slander your own mother's son. Folks are peeking through their curtain blinds right now and said, oh, they're out there. There's more than 10 people out there. Let me call the police on them. Or let me call the police on the church. These things you have done, and I kept silent. This is the Lord speaking. You thought I was once entirely like you. But now I will repute you and put the charge in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, least I tear you in pieces and there'll be nobody to deliver. I believe God is getting angry. I don't believe God released the coronavirus. I believe he just let it happen. But I believe the next one coming, God's going to have his hand on it. And you ain't going to want to be around and reason, so I need to get you prepared for what's getting ready to happen. The, the ten, there were ten virgins. The Bible talks about in Matthew 25. He said, the kingdom of heaven shall be like ten virgins that took oil in their lamps. Ten is the number of testing. These virgins were tested and went to meet the bridegroom. But five of them were foolish, thoughtless, without forethought. And five were wise, sensible, intelligent, and prudent and say, I see a shaking. I see something going on. I need to get to God quick. Five said, I don't need no God. I just, I'm going to the marijuana shop and get me some dope because it's still open. I'm going to the liquor store and I'm going to get me some liquor. Amen. They said 10 people, so we're going to invite nine people over so we can party. 
They're, they're, the, the fire were foolish. He said they didn't have any oil or the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Don't be foolish and not get the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I, it's a good report that we've heard that all the stores and all, uh, everywhere is sold out in Bibles. God is shaking some people and some people are going back to where they need to be going and trying to find out what's happening in the earth. Nobody knows. So I want to share that some of the seals have been broken and some of the trumpets are being blown already. God is establishing his kingdom government in the church and in the world. He's coming to take back He's came and he's taking back his pulpits. He's taking back his church. He's taking back all these smoke screens and all the lights and smoke and, and all this stuff trying to attract people to come and worship. There's a big worship series, but no one's teaching the word. There's worship services. No one's reading their Bible. Everybody, nobody knows what God is saying. So when God establishes something during the time of testing, uh, he appoints order and structure in the time of testing. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, he said, Now God has set and God has appointed Summon the church for his own use. First apostles, who are special messengers. Second prophets, prophets. They're inspired preachers and expounders of the word. They stand before God. They listen to what God says and they repeat what God says to the nation. Thirdly, teachers. Then wonder workers. Then those with the ability to heal the sick. Helpers and administrators. When you put administrators in, administrators help set order in the church. Administrators set the tone in the church. Administrators uh, put order and structure and, and systems in the church. But what has happened in the body of Christ, while God is coming back, in the 90s and even in the 2000s, we let administrators run the church. Administrators know marketing. They know how to get people to come in. They, know, they got programs, they got structure, they have youth ministries and this ministry and that ministries, but the administrators don't have the revelation of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and the power of God. And so now we got administrative, seeker-friendly churches, and we don't have Holy Spirit-filled ministers in the pulpit that are really on fire for God, that are really preaching deliverance and healing and signs and wonders uh, in the pulpit. So we had administrative. So you can, you can go to a Lutheran church, a Methodist church, or, or uh, an evangelical church, or uh, they can put a church together in six months. I mean, they get their money together, boom, they got the drawings, they got the program, and they put a building up in six months. They got so much structure and order and, and protocol and, and uh, 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 things that they do that they, they, they got it down to a science, but they don't have the Holy Spirit. And so people got discouraged, and they began to leave these churches. The word uh, uh, God set is the word uh, uh, apostles, is the word kubernesis. It means to steer or pilage. So he puts the fivefold to steer the church or directorship which way the church should go. It's like the rudder of a big ship. The ship could be a, a, a half mile long, but all it takes is one little rudder to make it go where it needs to go. And so God has set some, not everybody, just some in the church. Ten, or two times twenty, ten is also the number for Antichrist. Antichrist systems. Antichrist. Antichrist is not necessarily a person. Antichrist is against, it means against something, opposed to something, or hostile to something. Do anything instead of coming to church. You can go to Walmart, you can go to different places, 
but don't go to the church. We don't want you to go. Instead of going to church, do it online. And if we can get you online, Pastor, if we can get you doing your broadcast online, eventually we can shut you down online because we'll just turn the computers off. You've given up your buildings. You've given up your land. Now you're online. Now you're preaching to online. And now we can come in and shut you down completely. He that have ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Antichrist is that which counteracts, that which prevents cures or neutralizes. It's the opposite of what God wants. It's the opposer of Jesus Christ. An Antichrist spirit is the opposer of Jesus Christ. Just so you know, uh, people don't realize that I need, as a prophet, I need to tell you this. Coming this September in Hague, Holland, the Pope has invited priests from every nation, every religion, and they're going to sign a one world religion covenant. One world religion covenant coming to separate. It's already been set up in Hague. So we know that once the false prophet is revealed, we know that the Antichrist is right behind him, according to scripture. So the Antichrist will reveal himself shortly. Amen. In the earth. So we're coming into that place. So I need to teach you and preach you and prepare you for what's about to take place. First John 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Beloved, don't put your faith in every spirit, but prove and test the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God, for many false prophets have gone forth into the world. He said, in fact, Jesus told him in Matthew 24, the first thing, he said, when will we know the signs of the end? He said, the first thing out of Jesus' mouth is, see that no man deceive you. First thing, men's deception. So don't let them deceive you. Matthew 24, I believe it's verse 2, two or 11 or whatever. It's in Matthew 24. He said, by this you will know, you will perceive and recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit which acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus is Christ, the Messiah, actually has become man and it has come in the flesh of God has God for its source. So those that, con that confess God is Lord and Jesus is Lord, they are of God. But no man can confess him. The Antichrist spirit, uh, you can tell an Antichrist spirit, you can tell them, confess Jesus Lord. And they won't do it. I've done deliverance for 30 years and I know when I tell the spirit, confess Jesus Lord, they won't do it. They can't confess Jesus Lord. And I knew it was a demon. It was an Antichrist spirit. The Antichrist is the opponent of the Messiah. The Antichrist spirit is not equal in power. Jesus already bruised his head. Jesus already beat him up. But he's going to be released in the earth. 1 John 4 verse 3 says, Now every spirit that does not acknowledge, if a spirit does not acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, but would annul, would destroy, will sever, disunite him, those that are getting on TV, those mayors and those governors that are saying churches shut down, churches can't meet, churches don't do it, that is an antichrist system spirit. It is not of God, but does not proceed of him. This non-confession is the spirit of the antichrist. 
They can't confess Jesus, Lord. It's the Antichrist spirit of which you heard it was coming, and now it is already in the world. Verse 4 says, little children, you are of God. You belong to him. You have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. They proceed from the world and are of the world. Therefore, it is out of the world, its whole economy, its whole morality needs to be considered that they speak. The world listens and pays attention to worldly people. Those who are not saved, they follow the instructions of the world. So if the, if the world says, well, we pass a law, uh, nobody can socialize, nobody can be within 10 feet of each other, uh, there's a new thing that's going to be coming out in the next year, two, three, it's going to be called uh, a, a social uh, adherence or social, you got to uh, 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 adhere to the social guidelines and rules, people will turn you in. People will tell on you. People will come and say, that, that Christian over there, they ain't doing what we're, they're, they're supposed to be doing. And they will report you. The Antichrist system is coming and being set up. Remember now, anytime God begins to prophesy something's getting ready to happen, and the prophets are being speaking, oh, the glory is coming, oh, the great harvest is coming, oh, God's going to accelerate things, and the devil heard it, and God, the devil said, let me accelerate because my time is short. Let me accelerate my systems and programs to block, oppose what God wants to do and bring in the harvest. So we have to prepare for God's judgments. Judgments are not a bad thing. The Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 11, that if we certainly examine ourselves, if we detect our shortcomings and recognize our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by divine judgment. In other words, if we search our hearts, say, Lord, I ain't right. Lord, I, I'm backslidden. Lord, my heart is not right towards you. My heart is not right. I'm not walking in the scripture. I'm not walking in the fruit of the spirit. Lord, I examine myself. I'm falling short. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Lord, help me understand. Help You said a righteous man falls seven times, but he get back up. Lord, help me stand back up. And, and you, can, you, you, you deal with the issues God's dealing with you about, and you will not go through judgment. But when we fall short and are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined and chastened so we may not finally, here it is, finally be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. This is important to understand. You say, well, well there's been pastors uh, that have had service and they died of the coronavirus. There have been pastors that didn't have soldiers service and they died of coronavirus. I, there have been pastors that have sheltered in and died of the coronavirus. Everyone will be judged. And when judgment comes, God said, maybe this pastor didn't do what he was supposed to do. God said, let me take him out now before he does anything worse and he wind up at the white throne judgment to eternal damnation. At least he's being, at least I chased him and disciplined him and got him out and got him out and protected them. See, so we need to, we need not to complain and, and murmur and groan and groan because when judgment come or woes come, it brings grief. It brings pride. We don't know what God's plans are and what God is doing. Maybe God called all the pastors back to the heaven so they can get ready to come back on the white horse. I don't know what's going on. Or maybe he said, I'm going to put them in the background as a cloud of witnesses and, and uh, a testimony. So we don't know, but I know things are winding up pretty quick here. So, if you're going to be judged, you need to check your foundation. 
What are you building your spiritual life on if you have any spiritual life? Matthew 7, 24 and 25 says, Therefore, whosoever hear the sayings of mine and doeth them, liken him with a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. Many people have been healed. 98, 90% of the people that had coronavirus being healed, they knew how to call on the name of the Lord, and, and God, uh, the winds came, but it didn't destroy their spiritual house. Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, Matthew 7, 26, and doeth them not, is like and shall be likened unto the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall. You know, a lot of people have built their life like a sand castle. It looks nice, looks presentable, looks like a big, nice castle up there. It's got rooms everywhere and, and all kind of stuff, and it looks beautiful. But when the storms of life hit, that house falls. I don't care if you're a millionaire, I don't care if you're poor, if you don't have your life founded on Jesus Christ, your foundation will fall. Your house will fall. And so God said, you got to check your foundation. Those that are watching and those you have friends or loved ones, tell them, watch this tape. They need to repent, turn around, and come back to Jesus Christ. In Revelation 18, it talks about celebrating. When I see judgments and I see God's hand, I'm saddened that people are being hurt and people are dying in grace and, and I'm not being able to reach them. But there's, the, the, the scripture says that the apostles and prophets are going to celebrate when God does his final judgment because of the wickedness. He said rejoice, Proverbs 18, 20, said rejoice and celebrate over her. Babylon, Jezebel, that has been destroyed, O heaven, O saints, people of God. And apostles and prophets celebrate because God has executed vengeance for you upon her. The systems, the Jezebelic systems, the Baal systems of the earth, many prophets have been slain. Their blood has been shed on the earth. Many prophets have been persecuted, executed, slain. The elders didn't listen to them. Every generation don't want to hear. Even now, people don't want to hear what the prophet has to say. He said, rejoice over her. Then a single powerful angle, angel took a boulder-like great millstone, flung it to the sea, crying, with such violence shall Babylon, the great city, be hurled down to destruction and shall never again be found. Now we know that Babylon was destroyed years ago, but do you know there's a new Babylon coming? That uh, Iraq is Babylon? And Iraq is about to become the richest nation on the earth. Iraq has more, more gold than the four rivers that came, the Euphrates that came into is the Garden of Eden that's in Iraq. And all the silver, the rubies, the diamonds, the gold, the oil, all of it's underground. All, I mean, they got minerals, all, but the people don't know what to do with it. People are oppressed, but Babylon's being rebuilt even right now. Do you know that, in, that the, the biggest, huge, biggest military base that America has has been built in Iraq. It's huge. Miles and miles. Getting ready for the end times. Huge, huge base in Iraq because they're, they're posed against Iran and against uh, the attacks that are coming from Russia and they're going to attack Israel. They put a huge base there. It's huge. Judgment is good. Don't fear judgment if you're walking right with God. Never fear judgment. 
You've already judged yourself. Every day I judge myself. Every day I go before the Lord. Lord, I repent. Lord, I repent the things I've heard on TV. And you can't even look and listen to a commercial now without cursing. You can't even listen to anything. It's just, it's just perverted all over. So you've got to repent every day. <laughs> Psalms 119, verse 139. You can't even go on, you can't go on the Internet. You can't go on YouTube without some perversion on there or something popping up on your screen or something. And, and, and so the Bible says in Psalms 119, 137, it says, Rigidly righteous you are, O Lord. Upright are your judgments and all your expressions of your will. He said rigid righteous. God is a, I mean, his laws and order is rigid. He doesn't, he's not a God that he changes. He's, he don't flip-flop. It is straight. What he said is what he means. He gave the Ten Commandments. He said, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments. God gave man the Ten Commandments. The reason why it wasn't not to order them not to, he gave them the Ten Commandments so to show them that they couldn't keep them. Ten little commandments man couldn't keep. And so we got Ten Commandments, law, order, and structure, man can't keep. Moses up on the mountain for 40 days, getting the law. God took time out of his busy schedule to come down and write with his finger into a rock to give him the law. Moses come down and everybody didn't party. So we ain't waiting on Moses no more. And they're trying to say people shelter in for two months and three months. It ain't going to happen. You're going to see riots in America real quick. Real quick. Proverbs 19.29, judgment, it says judgment are prepared for scoffers and stripes for the back of self-confident fools. Judgment is prepared for scoffers. 2 Peter verse 3 verse 3 says, to begin with, you know and understand this, that scoffers, mockers, who come in the last days with scoffing, People who walk after their own fleshly desires and say, where's the promise of his coming? You said God was coming last year. You said God was coming 10 years ago. You said God was coming in that last generation. Where is your God now? Your God didn't hear your coronavirus. We did it. Oh, scoffers at God. He said, for since the forefathers fell asleep, all things have continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. We can rob people. We can kill people. We can inject them with virus, with stuff we say is, a, is, is for the virus and injecting people, injecting these kids with shots and stuff, giving them autism, killing people in India and killing people all over the world for financial gain. Pharmaceutical companies are the most dangerous uh, companies in the earth right now. Yeah, they want to release a disease and then sell you the cure. You got to buy the shot. You got to buy the shot for, for, for shingles and two or $300 for a shot. All this stuff is not natural. Man has changed the beast. And a lot of things, judgment has to come. They've already learned how to clone babies. They've already learned how to clone sheep. Now they want AI and facial recognition. Do you know facial recognition doesn't work too well when you got a big crowd? But if I can separate you six feet apart, click, click, I can get your face real easy. Just stay six feet apart. Separate yourself. Then I can get your DNA, put your finger on your phone so I can get your fingerprint, fit your finger on it. Uh, you want, uh, we want your voice print too. Talk to series. Tell her what you want, and we'll get your voice because we can clone you. And we're going to have artificial intelligence that, that, that can, that can uh, have your thoughts and feelings, and we can give them your thoughts and feelings, and we can get rid of you. Oh, this stuff you see on the movies ain't far-fetched. 
Somebody imagine that thing. And the Bible says that God had to come down in the Tower of Babel. You say, I got to come down because everything man imagines, he'll do it. So we're in an end time, in a time that, that, that we have to wake up and we have to see. So people will mock. So judgment comes on all that mock. Where's your God? I'm telling you, I've seen visions. I've had dreams about the end times. I've had dreams about priests coming into your people's homes and arresting them because they're Christians and because they have a Bible. I've had dreams of demons being released on people. I'm standing there watching these demons uh, entering into people, controlling people because they were released from the pit of hell and the people, because they were not believers, were controlled by demons. Demons were killing people all over the place, but they couldn't touch me because I was filled with the Holy Ghost. So it's time is coming. You need Christ in this next thing, there's a prophetic word. There's a word that God is getting ready to release, a new oil. It's almost like honey. And he's going to quote the remnant. He's going to quote the believer with this oil. A new anointing is coming within the next month or two, whatever. Get ready to receive this oil. It's going to protect you from the virus that's getting ready to come. Second Peter verse 3. 2 Peter 3 verse 5 says, For if they willfully overlook and forget this fact that the heavens came into existence long ago by the word of God, the earth also was formed out of water and by means of water through which the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. They didn't believe uh, Noah when he was building. They perished. But the same word of the present heavens and earth had been stored up, reserved, for fire, being kept unto the day of judgment. Everything's being kept to the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. Sorry, if you're ungodly, you're going to be destroyed. If you've got ungodly loved ones, they're going to be destroyed. It's been kept for those that are ungodly. So I'm crying loud and spare not. Get into the house of God. Get into relationship with Jesus Christ. Get into relationship with the Father. Amen. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So we, we think all this stuff we've been going through for the last 30, 40 years, that's about 10 seconds on God's clock. God can restore anything. God can send you back, put you forward. Heaven. Uh, man already knows how to do time travel. Luke 12, 42 says, and the Lord said, who is this faithful and wise steward? Prepare yourself, prepare yourself, whom the Lord shall make ruler of his household to give them the portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom the Lord cometh shall find doing so. Of a truth, I say to you that he will make him a ruler. He will make him a ruler over all of his household. But, but and if, that servant said in his heart, my Lord, the lay of his coming. He shall begin to beat the main servants and the maids and eat and drink and become drunk, drunken. Jesus, God said that the Lord turned to the servant and he said, there's going to come a day when he looked not for him and an hour when he's not aware and will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. What's the portion with the unbelievers? Judgment. Wrath, fire of God, and that servant 
which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. I shared the, the dream that God gave me about God judging the pastors, and some of the pastors were beaten because uh, they were not called to be pastors. Some pastors were beaten because they slept with women in the church. Some pastors were beaten because they were stealing offerings. Some pastors, so many received stripes, but at, at judgment time. So we need to understand that if God, you see the hand of God and you see the whole earth shut down, you're foolish not to get into the word of God. You're foolish not to study your so yourself approved. You're, you're foolish. Uh, uh, people have asked me, say, why don't you do lie? Because saints refuse to read the word. I, I post things on Facebook. I write it out. So make them read because they don't want to read. They don't want to learn. Verse 48 of Luke 12 says, but he that knew not and did not commit worthy of stripes shall be beaten with a few stripes. For unto whom... Ever much is given of him, much will be required, and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask more. God's going to prepare a whole group of apostles and prophets for, for martyrdom, to be killed for his testimony, for his glory. And I am come to send fire on the earth. And what if they will be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with. I am now straightened till it be accomplished. God wants to baptize you with fire. The fire of God has been released on the church. The fire of God has been released in the earth. All you have to do is repent of your sins, receive Jesus, Lord and Savior, and God will baptize you with the Holy Ghost with fire. Are we there yet? Are we at the place of judgment there? Is the trumpet blown? Let's, uh, let's just look at this. I'm not saying that the fifth angel has blown the trumpet, but I believe it's very close. Revelation 9, verse 1 and 2 says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw the star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him it was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit. And there arose smoke out of the pit, as it was smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke from the pit. Now I said, well, we haven't seen that in the earth. Well, it may not happen in the earth. It may happen in the spirit realm. He's looking in the spirit. He's looking in the spirit realm. Angels, he's looking at something in the spirit realm. Look at this, verse 3. And there came up out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power. It was as scorpions of the earth have power. They say that this coronavirus, the pain of it is like stinging pain. And this next one's coming. It's going to be like hot searing irons hitting. It's going to flow through your blood system. It's just scorpion. We're seeing across South, South Africa and uh, Southeast Africa and, and, and Asia that hordes, billions and billions of locusts have been released already. Maybe they've been released in the spirit realm and now we're seeing a manifestation of the locusts eating up everything in Southern Sudan and South Kenya and Africa eating up the crops and everything and being eaten up. And they're saying because of so much rain that they've had, this next crop is going to be even Three times bigger than what the locusts are right now. It's, they're coming out now already. It's just, just horrible. But in the spirit, he said, love these, these spirits, he said, it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing nor any tree, but only those men. Listen to this. Only the men which had not the seal of God in their foreheads. 
That's why I say you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to be sealed in your forehead. God puts a cross on your forehead to let the devil know that you belong to him. So when these plagues come, they will not come to these temples. They will hit the ungodly. They will hit the people. Or not. That's how God is separating. God's got his own identification system. Amen. He's identified his people. And for these last three, four, five years, he's been sealing those that have been calling on the name of God day and night. Those that have been coming to corporate prayer, those that have been interceding and praying, those that have been seeking his face, God has sealed them in the forehead so when this stuff takes off, it would not affect you. Verse 5 says, and the dim was given that they should not kill them, that they shall be tormented five months. Now, we know people are dying of coronas, but I'm just thinking about this. This coronavirus has been here for what? Starting in December. And now they're saying it's the end of it, five months. This is just coincidence. I'm not saying this is the fifth trumpet, but we know the fifth trumpet is going to be signed at tribulation time. But these are God does everything in types and shadows what's, what's going to happen in earth. So I'm just saying, and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when he strike up a man. And in verse, Revelation verse 6 says, and in those days shall men seek death, shall not find it. So there's a plague coming that they're not going to be, you ain't going to be able to die of. It's going to, in the tribulation time, it said the men will not be able to die and shall desire to die and death shall flee them. This is a tribulation period. This is what people are going to have walking around with knives in their heart and won't die. Half their head blown off because they tried to kill themselves and they're walking around with a half a head and they can't die. God is powerful. He said in the shapes were the shapes of locusts, they were like unto horses, prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns of gold, and their faces were faces of men. And they had hairs as a hair of a woman, and their teeth were teeth as lions, and they had breastplates, and as the breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wing was the sound of chariots and many horses running about. If you hear a horse, if you ever hear locusts and a mass herd, it's loud. You can hear them coming from miles. And they had tails unto, like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their powers were to hurt men five months. Look at this. And I'll finish up with this. Revelation 9, verse 11. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue his name is Apollyon. Apollyon, the king of fear. The whole earth is in fear. Something has been released. Something has been shifted in the spirit realm. Demons have been released. Not, I don't believe not the real end time, the, the tribulation demon, but I believe there's a, the, the, the Armageddon demon, but I believe there's been a release of demonic forces in the earth. One woe is past. Behold, there come two woes more after this. When you read the word woe, in the Bible, it means grief. Grief. There's a lot of people grieving. They couldn't bury their loved ones. They couldn't see them in the hospital. There's grief everywhere, all over the earth. People are grieving. There's no food. People can't get food. They're fighting, rioting over pieces, scraps of bread uh, for a piece. The Bible says for a piece of bread, a man will kill you. We're seeing the desperation of people coming in the earth. We're seeing it. This spirit is of death. Is, there are demons of death associated with this coronavirus. Uh, this is a truth. I had a, there's a pastor that, that, that's on the, 
a friend of mine, and he said he was praying for a pastor. He's in the islands. He was praying for a pastor in the islands, interceding for him because he had the coronavirus. And while he was interceding and praying, a demon showed up to him and said, I stopped praying for him. I was going to kill him. It was the spirit of death said, I wanted to kill him, but you started praying for him to stop me from killing him. And so these, this death associated with these, the, the, everything that we see is not made of the things we think. We think that little virus, we can't see it, but it's under a microscope. But uh, uh, there are demons associated with these the viruses and stuff. Uh, you can't, they can't give you a shot for a virus. They can't give you antibiotics for a virus. Your body has to have a natural immune to it. Everybody on the earth, everybody around here has some kind of coronavirus in us. Because coronaviruses have been around for a long time. But I'm covered in the blood. You're covered in the blood. And I pray those that are watching, uh, watching me now by YouTube that you repent. Repent means to turn around. He said, if you confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died, you shall be saved. So with the mouth, a confession is made in salvation and with the heart unto righteousness. So you just say, Lord, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Live your life through me. I resist the devil and he must flee. I'm a child of God. Father, I accept the I appropriate what Jesus did on the cross. I appropriate the blood of Jesus and I break every curse according to Galatians 3.13 over my life. Free me from every bondage. Lord, I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. We'll see you at our next broadcast. Amen. Praise God. All right. Stop my tape here. Hallelujah. Y'all get something out of that? Yes. Thank you. No. Man, that went quick. <laughs>